Welcome back to the Laravel Podcast Season 4. Today, I'm talking to Jason McQuarrie, the creator of Laravel Shift, about upgrading Laravel. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Laravel Podcast Season 4, where every single episode is about a particular topic, and we are down to two more episodes for this season. And today, I'm joined by my friend Jason McQuarrie, who is... I mean, I don't even know what things to introduce you as, but the most most reputable one and the first time you started making a name in the Laravel community was the creator of Laravel Shift. So I won't do any more introductions. Uh, well, I guess we're talking about upgrading your Laravel applications, keeping them up to date. So I won't do any more introductions. Could you just kind of say hi to the people? And when you meet people, how do you actually talk about what you do? Yeah. So hello, everyone. Jason McCreary. Uh, go by JMac in the community. Probably know me as that. How do I introduce myself? You know, I, it's really funny. Like I found in the past few years, like I don't introduce myself like very well. (laughs) (laughs) That's my answer. Not very well. I just kind of say like my name and I I guess I just don't talk about like me a lot. And then Uh the nice thing is, of course, nowadays at like Laravel conferences, like I don't, I don't really have to say anything because I've spoken in a few or whatever. So I, so I'm kind of out of practice is the point. So I'm not, (laughs) I'm not exactly sure how to say, I mean, I've been a developer or programmer for 20 plus years now, PHP most of that time. I mean, I was writing PHP like back in the CGI modules days. Yeah. All right. And yeah, so Laravel probably about six or seven years now. Okay. So since four, two for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And then kind of that big leap to five is where I kind of was like, okay, this upgrading stuff's for the birds. Like, yeah, let's, let's do something better. Cause let's I've always been like a scripter, you know, a PHP yeah. scripter at heart. So yeah, I got into that, got in the community, started speaking and do more from that platform now, which is nice. So yeah, very cool. And we'll make sure we'll link to your, your Twitter and base code and all these different things all in the show notes so people can follow you in every way they want. And yeah. of course at the end, I also asked them how they can pay you money. So that'll be helpful too. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll stumble on some of the other things yeah, to, to even plenty. out that introduction. So, yeah, for sure. OK, so so the topic today is just the word upgrading. And it, it's a combination of the process of upgrading your Laravel app and then also just kind of keeping things up to date in general, whether it's the app itself or the, the ecosystem around it or whatever. So I, I don't even know how to ask you to do this. I'm very curious to hear your answer to this. But how do you explain that concept to a five year old? To a five-year-old? <laughs> yeah, it's, I ask everybody that, and I'm like, I'm very curious. Yeah. I don't know how this one works for this one, but I'm, I'm, I want to hear what you say anyway. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, sometimes stuff gets old, you know, <laughs> and like dirty, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you need to clean it up. And, you know, this happens every now and then, and it's it's best to kind of do it, you know, when you notice it gets dirty or you notice it gets old, and that way everything stays, you know, clean and fresh. I love it. Clean and fresh. That's good. So if someone who was a JavaScript programmer or a PHP programmer or something who didn't know Laravel, how would you give them like a quick introduction to what the upgrade, not even just the process, but like what is the world of upgrading look like, you know, in Laravel? Yeah, it's actually pretty good, to be honest. And mm-hmm. not, again, not trying to like give shift or anything, any kind of credit, like it, it's pretty good on its own. Like the upgrade mm-hmm. guide from Laravel is excellent. It's, you know, it's it's a nice kind of place definitely to get started, but sometimes it's thorough enough that that's maybe all you need for most apps, you know? Yeah. So like, um, let's say I didn't know what all those things were, right? Like, so how yeah. often do I need to upgrade and how big are the upgrades and all that kind of stuff? How do I learn how to upgrade? Yeah. 
Well, again, I would definitely point people like to the docs, check out the upgrade guide. Laravel's got a good one, of course. But yeah, you know, Laravel previously was pretty fast moving. I think people would consider every six months there was a release. And I think part of that, you know, people weren't maybe up to date on or knowledgeable of like that release cycle to your point, Mm -hmm. you know, that that confused people. Laravel also had like, you know, a, a move to sim versioning. So semantic versioning, which like that was like a little confusing for people, even though the release cycle was exactly the same. I think just the major version numbers kind of changed. You know, WordPress did that a few years back. Same thing. Like, you know, it's 3.3 and 3.4 and 3.5. And each one was actually a pretty major release. But, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what your versioning scheme you're used to, that can be, you know, confusing. Maybe it's a major, maybe it's a minor. Who knows? Yeah. So, so if, if I'm new to the Laravel world and I'm picking up an existing Laravel app, well, can you give me a trick to identify where in the history of Laravel's kind of like process, you know, because like there's different, you know, pre-Semver, Semver, and then also yeah. like the new thing he just announced. So how do I know where I am in that process? Like what's the quick rule? Yeah, definitely. The simplest thing to do, of course, is just run artisan dash dash version. And that's going to spit out the framework version. And from there, you can line that up with something in the docs. But the easiest thing to do is really to look at the first two versions. And so if you're on the 5 series, then you're still kind of the old versioning system where that second number is going to be a major release. So Mm -hmm. 5.8, for example, 5.7, those are two major releases. But once you get six and higher, then it's really kind of like this 6.x or 7.x. And that second number doesn't really matter as much anymore. It's more about the main version. So yeah, yeah, running artisan dash dash versions give you a real quick way. You don't have to go digging around Compose or anything like that. You can just see where you are and then line that up with the docs. Yeah. And that's that's the main trick that you said is that for me, if, if you're before Laravel 6, then every dot release is a major version. And if you're at Laravel 6 and later, every not dot is the major version. So like the major versions go like, you know, starting at 5, 5.1, 5.2, 5.3. And then when you get to 6, it's 6, 7, 8. Yeah. So that, and that's a lot of, I think, what's what's overwhelmed some people, especially who are newer to the community, is not knowing that like these, it's moving just, the move from 5.7 to 5.8 is the same size as the move from 7 to 8. But it didn't feel like that, you know, for folks yeah. who are used to the old system. No, absolutely. And if I were like, it was really funny because in the very beginning of all that, and still actually every now and then I'll get a support email and it's like, where's the shift for 8.20? And if I were like real slimy, I could just release something every week (laughs) and like pay like five bucks. But like, it's, you know, that's the thing though. It's like, again, it's confusing even now after a few years of that new kind of whole number, you know, that first number. And then of course, you know, we had talked about this a few weeks back, but you know, Laravelversions.com is a good way to kind of cleanly jump out and match that version up with, mm-hmm. are you still supported or not? That's another resource to check because there's really only two versions at a time that are supported LTS long-term support, and then the latest stable release. I like to throw that stable in there, you know, because sometimes people think, oh, it's the latest release. So it's cutting uh-huh. edge, it's bleeding edge. Mm-hmm. So but it's not. It's that's the latest, you know, released yeah. stable version of the framework. It's we're yeah. not pointing at Dev Master or anything. Yeah, I was gonna say Dev Master. If you really want to be un- unstable, it would be Dev Master, not where the releases. Exactly. So but there could be three stable versions at sometimes, right? Because right like as of uh, until March first of this year, we had six, seven, and eight all stable. You're right. 
but, but yes. only for a short amount of time. And now yeah. it's six and eight again, right? Und- so. Yeah, under the old release, six months, you did have kind of a six-month grace period where that kind of second to last release was still supported still, kind still of right. but it it really is kind of the yeah it really doesn't get a lot of love as it, even yeah. if it is quote unquote supported yeah and that was so it, for for a time when we switched to semantic versioning the releases were coming out every 6 months and then just recently Taylor gave us an announcement can you kind of talk a little bit about that yeah so they're moving to annual releases so they used to release in March and September every 6 months mm-hmm. but now the March release is going away for for now anyways so this year there'll only be one uh release and that'll be early September normally coincides with you know the layer cons in the summer so yeah. everybody can show off the new features and kind of get some buzz going and prepare everyone for all the new hotness yeah cool so we haven't talked about shift and I, I want to actually get there. Normally I'd wait until the end to talk about, you know, your product, but I think that enough casual references have come up to shift and I actually maybe want to move to not just Laravel, but some other things. Can you just really quick tell us what shift is and then tell us the story about how it came about? Sure. So shift is an automated service for upgrading Laravel applications. So instead of doing kind of all these manual things like we're talking about, figuring out the version you're on, figuring out all the changes, you know, scrolling through the upgrade guide, and then determining which ones kind of apply to you, which ones don't, all the things that maybe aren't listed in there. You know, forget all that. Forget all that manual stuff. Just make it automated. It's just a few bucks. The latest version is always $9. I like to keep it just a super no-brainer simple. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you think about that, even if it just saves you an hour, which is normally kind of the estimated upgrade time, even by yeah. the Laravel team, that's $9 an hour. Like, you know, yeah. I, I really hope that, you know, that makes economic sense for you, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, it makes that whole process upgraded, gives you a nice PR. That's almost like a customized upgrade guide in a way. It kind of tells you, yeah. okay, this does apply to you. Like, make sure you, you know, double check these things. Yeah. You know, as far as the Genesis, it was probably at a PHP conference. I forgot. I think it's 2015. It's been around five years. But Taylor was there and I was giving a talk on moving from 4.2 to 5.0. And I think Taylor was in the back or something. And, uh, you know, I, I went up and introduced myself afterwards and just kind of was chatting. And in that talk, I'd kind of, kind of said, okay, well, here's some shell scripts that I have that, uh-huh. you know, move the directories and all, all the, like, again, the tedious junk that was yeah. part of the four, two to five major change. And I asked him like, um, Hey, do you, you know, do you know if there's any tools out there like this, a CLI tool? Cause I used to write a bunch of kick PHP and, and they would release a CLI tool way back in oh, the yeah. early days okay. that, you know, was like a shell script that just kind of did the high level stuff at least. Right. Yeah. yeah. Moving files and renaming things and stuff like that. And he was like, no, but I'd use it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a, that's a sign. <laughs> so I think at that hackathon at that conference, there was like a hackathon that night or something. I, I kind of sat at his table and just kind of learned more about the upcoming 5.1 release of like what's mm-hmm. going to change. And so I kind of got ahead of the curve there and, and, nice. um, made that be the first shift ever. And I think I started cool. selling it for like $2. Like that yeah, was stupid cheap back then. So, <laughs> but, so and the funny thing is the, the shifts back then, whether you think shift or not, was a much bigger haul to upgrade Laravel. In those it is. Yeah. Days. yeah. 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 Those are the, you don't still have huge. that. You don't still have that or that shift around do you. Which one you mean like the five, one shifts. Uh huh. Do you still oh, have yeah. five, one shift? Oh, Shift nice. goes all the way back to um, 5.0 from 4.2 to 5.0. Got it. 
So it's possible mage. we've used it. So yeah, I mean, well, oh, of no. course we used it back then, but it's possible we used it recently because I just tasked uh, one of our uh, one of the Titanites to rescue a couple old applications that were sitting in the dust. So I think that's something that people may not realize. You know, I, I think again we kind of get caught up in all the new hotness and everything. The community is so large that there's. Mm-hmm. You would be surprised. I think a lot of people would be surprised how many old apps are still floating out there. Couldn't right? agree more. Yep. And it's not fair to really even call them old apps because like actually if this app is still quote unquote alive, it's because it was successful, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's probably still it's being used today. still being used. Exactly. And yeah. it finally yeah. has reached this, you know, critical crustiness that yep. like, <laughs> we got to go back and clean it up, right? We got to make it fresh and clean again. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of our clients are in those situations where they come to us and they're saying, hey, we need help upgrading. And then we also need help kind of rethinking the architecture and training up our team in the idiomatic ways of Laravel or something. So I'm, I'm always a big fan when folks like you or even PHP package authors are willing to say, hey, you know what? Not everybody's on the latest, greatest hotness Yeah, because it's just not really true. Everybody, maybe everybody who you talk to on Twitter is, but that's a very small percentage of the actual you know user base of, of Laravel. So, yeah. I think it's 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 kind of a, a blessing, of course, that there are older apps for me being shift, but it's it's also a little bit of curse, I think, sometimes too, because it just doesn't keep upgrading like again this the new hotness thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of this mm-hmm. old crusty thing you have to do, like go clean your room, you know, like yeah, it's not very fun. So it just doesn't I don't like it. There's recognition of shift at this point, but it was mm-hmm. it's kind it's kind of been a very long slow grind because it's not like the new javascript framework or css framework or whatever right it's just like this routine maintenance right it's very mundane right but it's it's both it's mundane but it's also you know everybody's got to do it right yeah so i think i teased with um jacob bennett like last laricon that i was like the garbage man like you know it's it's like an essential (laughs) service but like nobody really cares But but you everybody notices when the garbage man doesn't show up, right? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You notice when that's an old app, but might not like notice it. when it's fresh and clean. Nice. Okay, so, so that's what Shift is. Um, so you provide that service um, at LaravelShift.com. So we've talked a little bit about upgrading Laravel Shift. Before we talk about upgrading things other than Laravel, you've kind of given some notes in some of your talks about some common things that you notice that make upgrading easier. And sure. that's whether or not somebody's using Laravel Shift, because it could also make it easier. Like, let's assume that everybody here is not using Laravel Shift right now. What are some tips for building Laravel apps that will be easier to upgrade in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my whole goal of all this is to, you know, have it be so people are running, you know, the latest version yeah. of the framework. Just because, you know, again, going back to kind of WordPress or Magento or some of these other communities I've seen inside of PHP over the years it just creates such a drag in that community when Mm -hmm. you have these outdated versions and unsupported versions and like this huge, you know, plug-in community that's just unwieldy. I mean, you know, not to pick on WordPress, but just their success became a curse at some point. And I would hate to see that happen for Laravel. Like this massive growth suddenly becomes a drag, right? Yeah. So I don't care if you use Shift or not. You know, I want to make sure that you're able to upgrade, you know, your application. So to that point, um, the main thing I would say is is absolutely do your best to follow conventions. Like mm, if you're not seeing it in the docs, if you're not seeing it, you know, in some of the popular resources that are out there or even built into the framework, it's not an artisan command. You know, if you're trying to develop something beyond that, really justify that reason. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying yeah. like literally talk out loud for a second and say, 
I'm going to make this special design pattern that's not in the framework anywhere or can't mm-hmm. be generated with Artisan because, yeah. you know, X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a reason, but I think nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, I'm going to say, <laughs> like, you're going to go <laughs> back, you're going to come back to that and be kind of annoyed yeah. someday when you do upgrade to yep. Laravel 9, 10, 11, 12, and suddenly, you know, yeah. oh gosh, cool. that was a terrible idea. Or your whole team says, sorry, we can't upgrade because we're stuck, still stuck using this custom thing or whatever that can't be upgraded or whatever. Exactly. Even, we'll have even to rewrite it all than, from scratch. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. yeah. If you just keep dragging that, it, that's the whole point. It's going to create a drag on you. So, yeah. you know, really try to see the examples in the docs, you know, look at the framework itself, you know, look at its patterns, you know, models, traits, concerns, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like facades, like embrace they feel foreign at first, right? And mm-hmm. and maybe if you're a hardcore, like real technical design pattern type of developer, like you might not even like some of those patterns. Yeah. But try to embrace them, right? They they really end up feeling and being easier to to work with later. Yeah. And I'd agree with that in the patterns. I also agree with that on on the tools themselves. I mean, I the number one reason why I see people have trouble upgrading outside of probably outdated package package dependencies and low versions of PHP is that somebody decided to, that they didn't want to use Laravel scheduler or Laravel's sure. database engine or whatever, which of course, like I'm always a big comp- uh, person out here saying, Hey, look, one of the great things about Laravel is you don't have to use its built-in tools. Yeah. But like you just said, however, when you choose not to, you're also introducing some costs in the future. So you got to balance those. And some people will do it just because they're like, well, I think I can do it better. And what do you end up with? Well, it's never done better, but that's just my opinion. But furthermore, sure. you now have like built this entire, you know, f- framework, fragile framework, kind of like dancing around things that now has to be, you know, kept alive as you're doing an upgrade versus just, oh, well, the system's responsible for upgrading itself. You know, all you got to do is composer update or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything has a cost of maintenance and kind of elaborating on that, even packages. You know, if you go and reach for mm-hmm. a package, again, wonderful package community in Laravel just like, you know, kind of the WordPress plugins. I mean, there's something for everything if you, you know, spend a few minutes searching around. But again, just keep in mind, if you use that, even though that particular package, you know, will be upgraded or maybe supported in the future, it could also Mm -hmm. be abandoned. It could also Mm -hmm. have its own upgrade steps. So, you know, again, it's, you really have to consider every decision, the the potential weight of it, you know, as, as a maintenance cost, because, it is, you know, every line of code you write is, is a maintenance cost. So I love that. That's, that's the quote right there. Every line of code you write is a maintenance cost, but the framework, the lines of code that come with the framework aren't maintenance costs for you. Right? Yeah. Most, mostly not. Yeah. 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 Mostly. Yeah. Same yeah. with the packages. The package code technically isn't, but you still have to be dealing with, you know, yeah. the upgrade flow. Yeah. Um, any get, other, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, then you get a little meta, you know, that the decision is the cost then, right, to, mm-hmm. to use it. But yeah, you're right. The code, yeah. the code is for free in those things. Yeah. So are, are there any other tips that you would give to people to make it easy on themselves down the road as they're writing their code now? Specific for code is, you know, is a little tough. Obviously, um, you know, base base code, but more specifically, base Laravel does a good job of kind of highlighting, you know, several tips and practices in there, um, you know, for even just how to craft individual bits of code, but also introducing you to things in the framework. That's that's the other thing. You might not know patterns yeah. that Laravel mm-hmm. is doing necessarily. And even though the docs and everything are great, I mean, 
you kind of do have to stumble stumble through them a bit. You know, you you can read them like a book, but you know, whoever finishes an entire book, I don't know. So like, <laughs> not me, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, you know, you skip around maybe a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, especially on the web. So so again, yeah. it's one of those things where um, that tries to introduce a lot of like line by line kind of things or feature by feature. So yeah, I don't I don't have anything specific beyond that. I mean, I think the okay. I think the conventions are huge, you know, leverage them as much as possible. Everything from the code that can be provided, the code that can be generated to down to like the table names and the even just the structure of the application. Like it's yeah. just not worth kind of making your own design. Special snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> I know we yeah. all like to believe that, but I think the yeah. older you get, you realize I'm not special at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So those are those are really great notes on that one. So this question may end up being the exact same thing, and in which case you have no answers, we'll just move on. But I want to ask it from the opposite side. Is there anything you see making people really get caught up? Like the, what's the most common thing that you see people running into with problems, whether it's shifting on their own or through, through Laravel shift? Is it the same answer or is there anything different about looking at it that way? I think if you, if you look at what gets people caught up, maybe outside of the conventions, like in the thick of it, I, I do think people struggle with dependencies a lot. It, it can mm-hmm. be quite annoying when you go to upgrade, especially if you want to be the early adopter, like, you know, that first week in September when Laravel 9 drops day of yeah. you're upgrading. It's it's tough because it's not like some other ecosystems, maybe iOS, for example. You know, when they launch in their big Apple event, they've got all the big gamers up there already showing you all the mm-hmm. cool new features and how their apps are already ready. Yeah. But because we haven't seen Laravel 9, you know, unless you're developing its master, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg problem. So these package authors, yep. they're just not ready that like first day. So even though, again, of course, I say upgrade, 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 you don't necessarily have to be the first one out of the gate. I <laughs> typically wait a week or two. I was going to be one of my questions. How long do you wait to upgrade yours? Yeah. So, so I, think, I think I see people run into that specifically being the package development, just some things not mm-hmm. being ready. Now, I've tried to, with Laravel 8, Jess and I, Jess Archer and I actually worked on a little feature, can I upgrade yet? So yeah. it's can I upgrade Laravel.com uh, and... Basically, you drum, dump in your dependencies and it kind of gives you a checkbox if it's ready or not. It's freaking magic. You sh- He showed it to me and I was just like, wow, this is cool how this works. Well, so, what's I really fun about it underneath is there's a little collective intelligence there. So when you drop that in, if we're not tracking it, it says untracked. And then we will actually begin not only to track it, but if they don't have Laravel 9 support, for example, in September, we'll mm-hmm. issue that package author oh, a PR. cool. That does at least bumps their versions so they're compatible to start right. giving them. And then in the PR comments, we'll let people know. Because sometimes those sit, you know, you'll go, well, yeah. gosh, there's an open PR for Laravel 8 support, but they haven't merged it yet. Yeah. Well, we'll leave in the comments, hey, if this is, you know, pending review, here's what you can put in your composer file to Very use this cool. and to, try it out. To use this PR. And then version. let them know this works, you know. Yeah, or doesn't work. Sometimes just bump it or doesn't version, work. Yeah. you got to do more than that. Yeah, that's so, really cool. I like that a lot. So we've been trying to solve that problem as well. So so to the mm-hmm. point of like learning, you know, what are the problems when you go to upgrade? I think the dependencies are the, are the biggest thing. And then the next most annoying thing are the configuration files. And this is definitely like a hill that I'll die on. But it's one of those things where like I I wish I've, I've bounced this off Taylor a few times, but I wish there was just like an, an overriding like config file instead mm-hmm. of like, here's all the config files, keep track of them. Mm-hmm. And I think... 
you know, there's a lot of people are just like, oh, we'll just delete what you don't use. But then it's a little unclear, like when you go to upgrade, well, what did I remove that because I wanted to remove it? Did I remove it because it got deleted? Did did it yep. used to be in there? Like it's so many questions. So they're very hard to manage. So Shift has done a really good job of trying to like do crazy three-way merges and like get it all back mm-hmm. together again. But I wish it was a little more, for those that are familiar with Tailwind, I wish it was a little more like theme.extends, right? Mm-hmm. I wish yeah. it was a bit more like that. And I remember talking to Adam about that when he was releasing, you know, version one and we had a big chat on like configuration files and trying to, you know, convert them. And I was like, you definitely don't want people like, trust me, you don't want people messing with these. Like, yeah. Try and to that's what Tailwind was originally, right? Like yeah. originally t- you, you published the entire Tailwind config file and then later they're like, no, you're just going to publish your changes yeah, to it. Just instead. change what you want. And and the things that are core that you want, here's a helpful little method that like mm-hmm. gets them out, right? Yeah. So so I think it's yeah. it's clearly kind of, I don't know, a better direction in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I, I agree in terms of the, it's funny because at times I think you've said pretty strong statements about not using configs and I've, I've pushed back a little bit on it. But what I do agree with, like if you get, if you start getting a sense for how Git diffs work and what, what breaks in Git diffs and what doesn't break in Git diffs, I think in those moments you can start saying, well, let me apply that to the changes I make to my config files. So even if you do still make your changes to config file, say, what can I do? How can I make the changes to this config file in a way that's going to minimize the cost if I have to diff it? or have shift diff it against a new version of the config file in the future. And Absolutely. so for me, that's like, keep my changes relegated to a single easily identified block between one thing and another thing or at the end or whatever, right? That's yeah. often the easiest thing. And so rather than deleting the don't, things you don't need or coming up with a whole bunch of weird new names or whatever, literally just add a new section for what you need, call it a day. Like the yeah. config slash services, I'm always adding new services, but sure. I add them at the end and I'm trying, you know, you're, I'm, I'm not reformatting the whole thing from tabs to spaces or whatever. You know, it's like I'm trying to keep it as, as same as it was before, yeah. except for those little extensions. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you own those files. Clearly they're in your repo and they're yeah. generated, but at the same time you kind of don't because really what I've seen to the point of upgrading, I've seen companies come to me, you know, and gosh, we upgraded this, help us out. Right. Mm-hmm. It's been one line of configuration that they missed, yeah. you know, some new option or some rename and, you know, or even something is you know, unfortunately, as simple as like in production, they just like didn't clear their config cache or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people get choked on that and just, you know, days on end, like, Ugh, you know, rough. so yeah, it's just can't figure out where this problem is coming from. And that's kind of one of nowadays. It's kind of one of the first things I look at when, you know, someone's saying, oh, we've been messing with this. We've been messing with this. And like, you know, it's not working. I'm like, yeah, I just literally go diff all the configs against the defaults. And if uh-huh. there's ever an option missing, it's it's pretty funny. It, it ends up being that. So those those can be quite tricky. You know, you may not yeah. think you need to upgrade them, but then you'll do a composer update one day and even get a minor version. And like suddenly something doesn't work because the expectation was is that that key existed in the config file. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, when I have gotten really stuck on upgrading with config files, I will take my config file and diff it against the whatever the the stock config file for the version I was upgrading from. Yeah, figure out what I changed, then grab the version stock version from the new version, paste it in, and then just paste my changes in, in again on top of it. Um, yeah. And it's it's a pain when I have to do that, but that that saves me so much pain if I'm in one of those situations where I just can't get it merged healthily. Yeah, yeah, I have a whole blog post on kind of yeah some thoughts on you know, how to manage the config files. But yeah, just like you Mm -hmm. said, like 
try to be minimal with your changes. Um, again, leveraging patterns inside of Laravel, create an ENV, you know, create yeah. an ENV that you can configure separately from the config file. That way it's easy because most of the options in Laravel give you ENV files or sorry, yep. ENV variables by default. So yeah. like just use those. Don't change like the second argument. You know what I mean? Just yeah, exactly. use the ENV. So yeah. And you can also um, create your own config files. And so if you yeah. find yourself slamming a whole bunch of things in a config slash app or something like that, it might be better to add something that's config slash my learning system or whatever whatever yeah. you're configuring. And that thing won't have any problem reconciling in the future because that's your file entirely. So. It's all custom, yeah. I, like in shift, I have a, a shift config file. So, uh-huh. And then sometimes there's a genetic one. I just call it settings, you know, yeah. settings uh-huh. dot whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, Okay, so those are some really great tips about upgrading Laravel, whether or not you're using Shift and writing code that's going to be easily upgradable in the future. So I wanted to talk a little bit about practices around upgrading, and you already covered one of them, which is how often or how 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 often should you upgrade and when do you upgrade? So you said upgrade early and often, you know, but you also mentioned that you usually wait a couple of weeks after the release. Are there any other kind of patterns or processes that you use or you would recommend other people use just to set their brains in the right space around upgrading? How long they should set aside or what things they should do at the same time or anything else, anything else like that? I think as far as things that you should do at the same time, I mean, definitely check PHP versions. Those are moving pretty quick these days as well. I don't think Laravel is as pushy about the PHP version as maybe they could be. I know some package mm-hmm. authors are, for example, uh, the Spassi packages. They're, you know, they push pretty hard to the latest version sometimes. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think taking the opportunity to look at your whole kind of stack can I upgrade my SQL? Can, and I'm not saying yeah. do it all mm-hmm. at once, but maybe to the other question that was in there, you know, dedicate yourself, you know, maybe a couple days early one week, the early part of a week, you yeah. know, the first day upgrade Laravel, push it out there, let it sit, let it simmer, you know, let it marinate, yeah. make sure there's no craziness. <laughs> you yeah. know, don't go changing your whole stack at once. That's definitely not right. what I'm saying. But, you know, if that looks good, then maybe the next Monday or something, go ahead and bump the PHP version, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to a highly trafficked application, then you can do it day, day, day or whatever. But, you know, if you don't get a lot of traffic or, you know, you're just one person like me, you know, I might do that, you know, each week. So Mm -hmm. I'll I'll bump to Laravel 9, you know, maybe late September, early October. I'll, you know, go to PHP 8.1 or maybe it's Mm 8.2 by then. Who knows? And maybe there's a new MySQL release. So Mm -hmm. I like taking those opportunities to rebuild, you know, kind of the stack. Yeah. So and you can also check your NPM dependencies as well. You know, mm-hmm. you can update them, check your node version, your NPM version. You can start locking those things in your package.json. And they're, you know, we've gotten to the point where one person in on the project recently was using NPM, I think it was six, and one person was using eight or something. And one of the newer ones, NPM seven or eight, like introduces a thing where when you run install, it reformats your package.json in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so then you get these conflicts because one person said, you know, so gotcha. it's it's helped all these dependencies, your composer update, your your NPM dependencies, your MySQL. I, I love the these are all things to be eyeing. And one of the number one reasons to think about that is like to minimize the cost of doing it each time, which is one of the things that you're really big about, right? Like I want it to be as easy as possible for you to upgrade. And it's funny because Shift actually embodies that idea for us by literally charging more money for the older ones. So like the actual dollar cost of doing older shifts, like from 5.1 to 5.2 is higher, but it's also, let's say you're not using Shift or whatever. It's it's just the bigger the upgrade you're doing and the longer ago it was, the harder you're going to find it to do. And the more you're going to have, you know, like... uh, 
moved out of the way of, you know, what what the regular, I guess, the flow would be. If yeah. you're expecting that there's going to be these upgrades on a regular basis, you're just kind of keep up with it. And you're, you're you're making little changes over and over rather than one massive change every once in a while. So, yeah. And that's that's actually one of the reasons I'm probably another thing that I, I might push on. And I don't think I push on too many things, but I, I think as far as the upgrades go, the config files would definitely be one of them. I'll, I'm a stickler on those, admittedly. The other thing I, I'll be pushy about is uh, LTS is a total trap to that <laughs> point. Like I just I think you've written blog posts about that, right? Yeah, at least that's one the title for sure. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. And it, it's gotten, a, you know, it's gotten some appropriate, you know, opposite uh feedback Mm -hmm. (laughs) from it and that's fine and i totally get it from like an an enterprise standpoint right like Mm -hmm. you kind of that vision of like okay we're going to use this and it's going to be supported for you know three years right and like we'll never have to change and i get it because there's a big upfront cost to develop whatever you're developing you want that security yada yada but to what we were just saying a second ago like you're totally immediately buying into years worth of technical mm-hmm. debt and now that laravel's you know going to just one release per year think of how far behind you're going to be mm-hmm. you know on features right like it's not yeah. just going to be six months or a year and a half anymore now it might be two years it might be three years yeah. you know if they stick with the every third one as an lts like yeah you're talking almost four years of technical debt by the time you decide to make an upgrade so yeah that's just the, you know, in a nutshell, that's like why I'm not a huge fan of LTS. Like you're just, you're committing yourself to old features, old code and debt, you know? Yeah. And more that expensive upgrades because you're not going to end the LTS period and upgrade up one. You're going to end the LTS period and upgrade up to the next LTS, which means you're going to have to try to jump three versions at a time, which means sure. that's going to be a lot more difficult. So yeah, totally agreed. So I mean, like the, I mean, the general mantra, the idea is to upgrade as often as possible, you know, upgrade not quite as early as possible. Give it, give it a little bit of breathing yeah. room for the early adopters and also yeah. for the package maintainers. Like you mentioned, like at Titan, we try really hard to make sure all our packages are compatible on day one, but we don't always get there. So give exactly. the package maintainers a little bit of a breath and then upgrade in a couple of weeks. There's also usually at least, you know, four or five patch releases on day one. You know, they'll oh, put yeah. it out and then someone will will, you know, notice a bug and it'll get fixed instantly. So, you know, you don't have to have to roll through those. Yeah, the framework's excellent as far as like, you know, if you don't have many package dependencies, you're just a core stock Laravel app. That's awesome. I, I think it's rare, but it's that'd be awesome. Like, yeah, you'd check all of JMAX boxes if that was somehow true. Yep. But like, yeah, even then upgrading the, you know, the very first day is, is you know, it's always going to have a little headaches, but. I do yeah. want to give credit to the Laravel team. Like they absolutely crush it with like getting that ready to go, being responsive that those first few days of like merging in past releases and, and dropping those, um, tagging those like immediately. Yeah. So wrapping up a little bit, is there anything that we haven't got a chance to talk about with regard to upgrading or really anything else that's in your kind of wheelhouse that you want to make sure we cover? No, I mean, you know, the new parent brain doesn't give me a lot of time for for free thought anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really think ahead on like any extra special things. But yeah, I just, you know, again, I, I think the big thing for me is and, and the whole kind of motivation for me behind Shift is, again, just to make sure everybody's, you know, running a later version so you can focus on like the cool stuff in programming, yeah. right? Like upgrading mm-hmm. your, you know stuff is not a cool thing, right? Like maybe, maybe if you get a brand new computer and you're, 
you know, putting all your new apps on it. Maybe, maybe that's right. fun, right? But yeah. going through a crusty old application and making sure it's on the latest version because you got to hit some deadline or do some features, not fun. Yeah. No. So I've tried to give you an an outlet to to kind of off offload that for you know just a couple bucks while you go enjoy the rest of your life. But uh, you know, again, whether you use Shift or not, you know, I really hope that time part of that right like mm-hmm. maybe getting into kind of a different area like value your time right like you're you know you've got more important things to do e- yeah. even if it's not programming like you got more important yeah. things to do with life you don't want to be up exactly at midnight you know hacking together composer issues like yeah i don't I, I think developers sometimes we get excited you know on a positive we get excited and we're like oh I, I could do that in 15 minutes and then it's like yeah i wish you could see a time lapse when people say that with like a <laughs> clock behind them you know like a, uh-huh. like a basketball game like the little shot clock in the corner yep. it's like the code clock in the bottom yep it's like four <laughs> hours later you know yep yeah so, multiply it by 10 and add 20 percent, and you still got another uh you still you still weren't right yeah yeah so it's yeah it's interesting it's, so I end before we get to the point where I ask them, ask you for all your social handles and how people can pay you money. There's one thing I ask at the end. It's unique per person. And I had like seven different things I wanted to ask you. And I did end up uh, deciding to to ask you a question around woodworking. Sure. So I know you do some woodworking and mm-hmm. I knew that there's two people I know who do like super legit work woodworking, you and Jesse Shoot, where you're like, like, oh, yeah, I'm taking this down to the mill and it's going to sit there for nine months yeah. while they do this, that and the other. I'm just like, what are you talking? I buy stuff at Home Depot and barely know what to do with it. Sure. So my biggest question is just how would you get into it? Like what actually drew you into this level of knowledge about woodworking? I think I think. Well, first of all, I'm, I, if I'm even close to being in the category of, of Jesse, I, I totally appreciate that because he's <laughs> he's got some he's crazy level, stuff right? going on. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, talk about like pairing or something. I would love to like wood pair with that guy, whatever they yes, call it. Yes, no kidding. So that'd be cool. But yeah, I think I've always enjoyed the outlet of doing things like with my hands, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that's one of my taglines on some network is like build things with my hands. Like that's that's <laughs> nice. the reference is because, you know, programming is such a mind game, right? It's it's a puzzle. Mm-hmm. You, you got to lock in, you know, you're plugged in and you're just really working through all those iterations in your head and it it kind of never ends right like Mm -hmm. when i wake up in the morning there's going to be support emails from shift and i'm gonna i've got a task list to do and then tomorrow i'm I'm gonna have to upgrade npm and you know it's so the whole point of all this like it just never ends but yeah i think i always loved being able to just kind of make something and sit and kind of in a way like not necessarily even appreciate it but just like it's done it's done yes the doneness (laughs) yeah Yep. And like you know when it's gonna, done, right? There's a very yeah. clearly defined exactly. doneness on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah, when you're done with the table, like you're eating on it. That's it, period. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no more work. You know, maybe you, you wipe it off the legs or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, it, like in high school, I probably started messing with woodworking like probably, you know, in high school. But I think more interesting to me in high school was, you know, mechanics. Like I would, you know, I would mm. drop the engine out of my car and place the clutch and like do, you know, I just yeah. loved, I was a big gearhead. I love doing stuff like that. Um, and again, a very, you know, simple thing. Like mm-hmm. as soon as you put the new clutch in, like you could, you could shift better, right? Like yeah. shift your car, yeah. not your Laravel app, but like, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I think the woodworking I liked because it allowed you to be a bit more meticulous, kind of like programming. Mm-hmm. You can, 
you can be as refined as you want to be. You can reach for that mm-hmm. fancy pattern and, you know, use all the latest hotness, Alpine JS and, you know, all the great stuff. And it's, or you can just be like, whatever, you know, vanilla <laughs> Java. I'm using jQuery and like cake. Whatever gets this thing working it out of my head yeah. as fast as possible and then move on. Yeah. So I appreciate that there's that level of it too. I can get out the hand plane and like actually get that down yeah. by hand and you end up getting so tired. You got to do more tomorrow. Like you're done today. Yeah. Right. Or you can yeah. do the electric one and be like, okay, let's go, you know, yeah. get out the power tools. So yeah. I appreciate, I think the parallels to that. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, cool. it's fun. I think it, I think when, you know, I'm laughed out of the programming community, you know, a couple of years from now for being so old or whatever, like old man, J Mac, whatever, man. Right. Like, yeah, I'll probably go do woodworking. Yeah. So, there's a follow-up question on this sure. one, which is... Yeah, please. I love questions. And again, I, I'm getting into woodworking, so I could talk your ears off, but I won't because I try to keep it to one. What's sure. your absolute favorite tool that you own for woodworking? Absolute favorite tool for woodworking. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to have to think about this for a Or second. one that you want if it's one you don't have yet. I, I don't think this would need to be used a lot. But I think it's kind of my favorite tool. It, it would be so I have like a nine inch like sander. Like it's it, technically it's a grinder. Like this is really uh-huh. more for metal. This is a pretty right. like <laughs> metal raw tool, uh-huh. right? But I bought a bunch of sanding discs for it because again, like we talked about, I actually work with some like pretty like yeah, raw lumber, like legit yeah. like log. Yeah. And so if I'm wanting to like kind of craft something out of it like i almost need to just grind that thing down okay it is such a messy like manual tool and like if you don't respect it like it it could kill you so like it's pretty i think the aspect of all those different dynamics at play it makes it really really fun and like when you get done like it looks like someone threw like pancake mix on you because you're just (laughs) the raw dust is everywhere you know and i'm just i think it's it's just i love the grit of it Right. Uh huh. And then, of course, when That's you're done awesome. too, you got this like nice polished, you know, yeah. whatever thing I was working on. Like I'm down to like the pretty wood now. Right. I've I've got uh-huh. off all the saw marks and the dust and stuff from ten months of sitting out in the kiln. Like right. You know, and now I'm like seeing like the refined wood, and it's you can run your hand on it. And it's like baby butt smooth and nice. So it's That's a fun tool. Cool. Well, two but of my favorites. Uh, yeah, two of my favorites are. The sander, which for, for some weird reason, but I like sanding the same way I like power pressure washing, which sure. is just like I'm just sitting there doing. But then on the other side is the chainsaw. So I feel like yours is like halfway between both of mine. Like I'm sure. using this little wimpy chain sander and then this terrifying chainsaw. And you're like, look, let's just put them together in one tool. That's going to be that's going to be mine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this grinder, if you got the right belt on it, it yeah, it could easily be like just a, a horizontal chainsaw. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I do like the chainsaw, <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't use it, you know enough i guess it's yeah. probably the i right live word. in a little forest so i get to use it all the time so that's awesome i'm, I'm yeah. jealous yeah oh uh jason Beggs has been offering to let me come up to his property which is very close to me and just just cut as many trees down as i want he's like i have too many trees so if you ever find yourself in uh in in georgia no he yeah, yeah. he messaged me the other day and was asking about like 
you know, kiln and, and millwork, uh-huh. which I thought was great. Like I was like, yes, not a programming question. I love this. <laughs> I love it. He was probably like, okay, dude, I uh, got my answer. Leave me alone now. No, he's, he, he'll, he'll chat your F about uh, that too. Okay. So, so don't go on to about woodworking forever. Sure, sure, sure. How do people follow you? How do they pay you money? I, you know, I like make that as a joke with lots of people, but you actually do have a service. So how do people follow you? And of course I'll put all the blog posts and stuff in the show notes, but what do you want them to check out? Yeah. So I'm at gone dark on Twitter. That's mm-hmm. probably where I'm most active as far as the programming topics and whatnot. So if you're on there, you'll get links to all the fun stuff. And then, of course, we've been talking about shift. And just to point out, there are a lot of free shifts, too. You know, if you still got your models, you know, unnamespaced, things like that. There's all sorts of little helpful shifts that are free. If you just want to tow into the water, there's the Laravel linter you can check out for free. And then, of course, if you're running an old unsupported version of Laravel at this point, which is everything right now instead of six and eight. Yep. Uh, so it's a very narrow window. So if you're running anything other than Laravel six or Laravel eight, definitely get upgraded, be it shift or not. Yeah. Love it. So links to your podcasts and all your other things will be in the show notes. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for the service you provide the community, both the paid service through Shift, but also the ways that Shift is being a part of like helping us all do better here, including the free stuff that you do. And also, like you said, the pull requests to packages. That's freaking brilliant. But also just for, you know, the way you teach and share and everything like that. And thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right. See you all next time.